I said, why not make another podcast episode today, the week after I just came back. I told you that app made things so easy. In fact, so easy that I can actually record and look at our league app at the same time. I think, for all I know, I might be talking for 25 minutes and it might not be recording, but I'm pretty sure it is. So I actually can look at both things at once. That means I can do it while I'm stuck at traffic and probably get a ticket at some point. But I am confident that if I do get a ticket, that the league would come together to give me the money to pay for said ticket because I don't get anything for doing this podcast. All I get is a waste of my time and probably wasting your time listening to it to be honest. So anyway, I have really no idea what I'm going to talk about. And then I pressed record and it hit me like a sack of bricks. It was a long season. There's going to be plenty of times to predict. Rosters are going to change. All sorts of things. What I wanted to do was go over MVPs and LVPs for each and every team and kind of do a recap of individual rosters that way. Because if you didn't make the playoffs... Let's find out why. Let's see who let you down, who was the one that uh, got you close, who was the one that got you to the next level, whether that be somebody you picked up, whether that be somebody you traded for, whether that be a rookie that came up that you had. Um, I'm not going to go back and see how you acquired all these people because I'm not that crazy, but I don't know. And then um, we'll go with that. We'll see what happens. Okay, I'm going to start with my team just so you can kind of see how it goes and uh, show you from an inside perspective, your MVP and LVP. Okay, my goal this year again was to get as much pitching as I possibly could and then try to hit and bash my way to victory. And for the most part, it worked out pretty well. I also was very interested in having a catcher that played frequently and was very good. And that's where the LVP comes in. My LVP this year, Buster Posey. Um, When he was playing, he wasn't that great. His power was sapped. Um, When he did play, he was good. Then he got hurt, and it left me with a big hole, which for most of the year was a pretty nice advantage. Now, in fantasy baseball, your advantages are very minuscule because the rosters are so large, but having a catcher that produced every day and had decent average at the very least um, was a very, very nice thing to have and he totally let me down that year LVP my MVP and although it's it's hard to say now but my MVP was definitely Jose Ramirez I got Jose Ramirez a few uh, a year ago in the offseason for I don't even remember who it was but for three players basically that uh, somebody uh, well the A's offered me Jose Ramirez for three players that I was there they're okay and I, I without negotiations which is crazy to do with the A's I accepted I said give me Jose I like what I saw and he just absolutely went bonkers this year um, granted he did probably turn into a black hole for me at the end of the year but 279 39 home runs and what was really 
really MVP level were the stolen bases. 34. It turned a, an area of my team that I never really planned for into a, a strength because there were weeks where Jose was stealing four or five bases a week because the guy got on base every single day. 110 runs scored, 105 uh, RBIs. Just a, He was my MVP for sure. So that's kind of how we're going to do it here. Going to cook on a, a couple teams. Next up, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Phillies had a nice little run there. They were always nipping at my heels for the most part on the year. And, um, yeah, I think uh, the one of the MVPs, and again, I'm looking at this really, really quickly. So, But Lorenzo Cain, I don't think you could have predicted a 300, uh, 10 and 30 year from Lorenzo Cain. Um, plus with a huge amount of run scores. I think that in center field turned out to be really, really valuable. The center field market was actually pretty below average for the year. So when you could plug a center fielder in there that actually produced and produced in multiple categories like that, minus the power, granted 10 home runs isn't a lot, and the RBIs, but some of those other categories were very, very helpful. Um, The LVP, I'm going to have to go with Brandon Belt. Uh, Brandon Belt was a guy that you could have counted on for, you know, 25, 30 home runs with a decent batting average. He turned in a 253 with 14 home runs and was hurt for most of the year. So he had a great start, if I recall correctly. But by the end of the year, Brandon Belt was not doing you any favors, and especially at a first base position. That would be very, very tough. Okay, so there you go. Chicago Cubs are up next. And the Chicago Cubs are... uh, somewhat disappointing year. I don't think I uh, would have picked them to get third, to be honest, at the beginning of the year. But a lot of players that just didn't do what they had always done. Adrian Beltre didn't do what he had always done. Kyle Seeger hit 220, which, I mean, Kyle Seeger, that guy was booked for 260 to 270 with 25 home runs and like 85, 90 RBIs, and he just didn't do it. Marwin Gonzalez came crashing back down to earth. So, I'm going to put the L, uh, the LVP on probably probably Seager. I'm going to go ahead and say Seager. Although Josh Donaldson, uh, no, you know what? LVP, Josh Donaldson. Here's a guy that you, the reason why I pick him for the LVP. He was a guy that you thought was always just a week or two away. Oh, just give me a week or two. Give me a week or two. And it ended up being nothing. 246, eight home runs injured for at least 75% of the year, never really did much. You could never really get value for him. And it really handicapped your team. So we'll see where Josh Donaldson ends up next year. I like to think that the Braves lineup will include Josh Donaldson at third base and Bryce Harper in right field. Um, That's a dream. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't want Josh Donaldson at third base, but after watching Johan Camargo try to play baseball for the last four games. I wouldn't mind Josh Donaldson stepping in there at third and have Camargo go play short or utility or something. Um, The MVP, um, I'm going to go ahead and put Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez of the Cardinals, you weren't probably banking on a lot for him, but a 305 average in this day and age is really, really nice. 17 home runs, 83 RBIs for Jose Martinez. That guy really made up some ground where Josh Donaldson was, but uh, not a lot. I should actually probably scroll down to these pitchers and see how these pitchers did for some of you. Um, 
maybe I'll, you know what? We'll do MVP, LVP, and hitters only. Screw the pitchers. Maybe we'll do pitchers next time. Gotta, gotta keep the content coming. I can't give it all away at once. All right, so last place in the NL East were the New York Mets. A disappointing season. I really have, as you, if you listen to these podcasts, I've really liked the New York Mets roster. They just needed to add pitching, and they just never do. But, as I said, this is not a pitching podcast. The MVP for the New York Mets, how could you pick anybody but Trevor Story? At the shortstop position where there are no, like, dynamic shortstops besides maybe a couple of elite few. We have Trevor Story, 291, 37 home runs, 108 RBIs, and the killer, the absolute killer for him, for other teams at least, 27 RBIs for Trevor Story. That is a huge, huge stat line. What a year for Trevor Story. Definitely the MVP. The LVP, however, a Dodger, as if you're a Dodger, you're in my sights right now, and I hate you more than anything. But Chris Taylor, man, for what Chris Taylor did last year, for what he did this year, uh, 254, 17 home runs, and only nine stolen bases, you are not banking on that. That I would never have guessed that Chris Taylor would do something like that. In fact, in my bold predictions, I had said that Chris Taylor would do the exact same thing he did last year. Maybe not better, but man, that is a lot worse. And um, yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, looking at this team too, Alex Bregman, man, that was co-runner-up, co-MVPs. Those are Trevor Story and Alex Bregman. If you would have told me their stat lines at the beginning of the year, I would have said you were crazy. And those guys just dominated. Uh, when we get to the pitching side, maybe we'll do a preview of the pitching side for the Mets. Um, when your strikeout leader, and I'm not joking, your strikeout leader is Zach Eflin, you do not have enough pitching. So <laughs> I don't know what the plan is there. Like, you have a great offense. If you just turn it into a little bit of pitching, you're going to be great. But when Zach Eflin, who had a great year, don't get me wrong, but 123 strikeouts led your team, you're just not going to win pitching categories ever. <laughs> ever. All right, we're moving on to the AL East, the surprise team of the year, the New York Yankees. I have always thought of the Yankees as a rebuilding team in this league, but they are not rebuilding. They are here. They are champion. Well, runner-up champions. (laughs) Sorry, New York. Runner-up champions. Um, But even he would have to admit that it was just a pleasure being on house money during the playoffs because his team has a bright future, and they've arrived ahead of schedule. So, Taking a look here, I'm going to go ahead and put the MVP onto Miguel Andujar. I'm not going to lie, I didn't think the best for Miguel Andujar, but 297, 27 home runs, and 92 RBIs in that loaded lineup is remarkable. Absolutely, absolutely remarkable. I'm going to put the LVP on my guy, <laughs> Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Did you know that Bryce Harper hit 249 this year and 34 home runs? What? How did that happen? He pissed me off so much that I traded Bryce Harper. (laughs) So he's the LVP. I mean, he didn't really hurt your team at all in any sense, but man, that is not, if Harper has a, what, I don't even know what Harper is at this point anymore. Is he an MVP candidate? Is he overrated? (laughs) I, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to find out. I didn't want to find out. I wanted to cash out on him. I'm not going to lie. But if he performs up to how I think Bryce Harper should be performing, you might win a championship. But um, 
yeah, so he's the guy that lets you down there. Um, in second place, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, a nice year for, for Jay Brim. And uh, an overall solid team. You know, he's got, he doesn't have a lot of holes anywhere. Doesn't have a lot of superstars, per se. Um, I will give him the an MVP just because of how he got this guy. Um, I know him firsthand. I actually picked him up off of the scrap heap and plugged him in for a few weeks until uh, one uh, somebody was injured on my team, um, Jake Lamb or something. And uh, it was C.J. Crone. C.J. Crone hit 30 home runs this year, and to get that for basically free, I don't, I forgot what I got for C.J. for C.J. Crone. It couldn't have been much, but 30 home runs from that out of nowhere, tough to find in a 16-team dynasty. I should have kept Crone. I regret that, but uh, what a nice year. Um, your LVP this year is going to be, mm, as we look over, as we look over, Will Myers. It has to be Will Myers. When Will Myers played, he didn't. He wasn't very good. He didn't play much. He's an outfielder, first baseman. You need a lot of production from those guys. Will Myers let you down. He's still young enough to, to get me excited. I'm excited about the Padres, man. They may be the Atlanta Braves of next year where they just arrive early. That team is going to be loaded and it's going to be a Braves Padres NLCS at some point in the next 10 years, um, if not multiple ones. So, but this year will not so much. Maybe put another L in your name so you can get a little bit higher batting average. That might help. You need double hockey sticks in there. Will one will one L is doesn't make sense. All right. The devil rays are commissioners, Brett and Joseph. Uh, I would say probably a disappointing year for them. I think they uh, they think they're better than what they showed. Um, can I do an MVP and an LVP in one? <laughs> because um, Ozzy Albies was definitely the MVP of this team to start, and he definitely hurt them because he couldn't. You couldn't take him out ever. I mean, the production he showed, you could never take him out. But I'm not going to put Albies as an LVP or an MVP. But just a Jekyll and Hyde season for him. It, you know what it was, guys. I don't know. And if you care, but I think it's, I, you know what? I get a kick out of getting insight from other people that watch their team a lot. And, you know, if you're a, a huge Astros fan and you just watch every Astros game, I, I actually love those conversations. I love to ask questions about how I perceive a guy and how they perceive a guy and to get insight that I wouldn't normally get. I don't get from beat writers. I'm not going to watch their broadcast over and over again. And, um, so, I don't know if you find that interesting as well, but I could tell you a lot about Braves players because I probably watched 120 games for the season without exaggerating. I watched almost every time I, I could, and it, it was at least on in the background. But Ozzy Albies, he will be great. He will be solid. They just threw fastballs at the letters on Ozzy Albies, and he could not adjust once they figure that out, which is a weird place to attack. And I think it, why it took a little while to figure it out. But once you put fastballs up to him, he could not for the life of him make the adjustment. And we knew it was coming. Even in the playoffs, you really saw it highlighted. Fastball above, he can't get that heavy bat down to it. He's got to make an adjustment somehow. So anyway, I don't know if you care about that. It has no fantasy relevance, but um, I think the MVP for this team, for the Devil Rays, is the MVP of the NL. That's Christian Yelich. You know how much I love Christian Yelich. I think he's an amazing, amazing player. But the season he put together, 326, 36 home runs, 22 stolen bases, 118 runs scored. Uh, just can't beat that production. So 
You have a guy coming into his own, coming into his prime. That is the MVP for sure. Um, the LVP. I'm going to go ahead and put um, Brandon Crawford. Outside of one month, Brandon Crawford was horrific. I have a very interesting fact for you. Brandon Crawford, Dansby Swanson. The difference in their war, point two. Point two. Okay, so if you thought Dansby Swanson was a pretty crappy player, he was what Brandon Crawford was in real life um, in terms of, you know, defensive and offensive statistics. So uh, Crawford is better than Swanson. There's almost no doubt in my mind. And for them to be equal shows me just how poor Brandon Crawford played, except for that one month where he just went nuts for some reason. But 254, 14 home runs. You thought you were getting a lot of production from your shortstop position, which I'm still convinced is a very key uh, component to success is having uh, standout players in your shortstop and catcher position. I just think that's what separates the men from the boys in this league. In last place, George, the Boston Red Sox, who went into full rebuild mode. Let's see if he had anybody come up that uh, surprised him. Um, and Matt Olson, I had Matt Olson for a bit. I remember good old Matt. Um, not a lot here. We'll put Matt Olson as his MVP. 29 home runs. He got him in the Machado deal in the offseason. And a uh, really uh, Matt Olson type is probably what he's going to have for the next five years. Joey, Gall- uh, Joey Gallo, light, if you will. Uh, the LVP for him. Ryan McMahon, that's a guy that, you know, you were hoping would be developing that would come up. He came up probably a little bit too early, hit 232. He looks like he's 12 years old. I don't know if you watched Ryan McMahon play, but uh, definitely disappointing for him. But that's a rebuilding team. It's going to be kind of unfair to do those rebuilding teams. Welcome to the league, Mike Bachman. Mike Bachman, one of my uh, good friends. Actually, funny story, The uh, I think I've told you this on the podcast, but... Mike was originally the Blue Jays owner until he kind of realized there was a lot of commitment at that time in his life, but apparently his life is less hectic now, and he's already been making some moves. I I hope you guys have liked him so far. I really think he'd be a valuable asset to this league, but um, this really isn't his team. It's the A's team, but still we can do the MVP and LVP. It's pretty straightforward on his team. Uh, um, if you looked at his team, you'll know who the LVP is at the, at the heart of it. But anyway, welcome aboard, Mike. Um, I think two people have paid for next year. He's already one of them. That's pretty cool. I haven't even paid yet. So, you know, if, if you're doing that, you're at least in for one year. And um, I think we're in a good shape in the league, especially since we have the Brooklyn Dodgers that are now the Oakland A's covered. We just need to get those Mariners covered. So, Anton, you need to get that going. Um, see if your buddy or wife's fiance or, uh, I don't know, drug dealer, whatever, can take over that team. <laughs> Maybe we need somebody on drugs to take a look at that team to actually take it over. I don't know. Um, anyway, back to the team. This is, again, it's really Ryan W's team. But um, the MVP for this team... And when you're looking at it, it's got to be, I mean, he had a bunch of guys perform kind of how they would, but I mean, Nolan Arenado doing what he does at third base is just so valuable. So he's going to be the MVP, 297, 38 home runs, 110 RBIs, uh, actually lower than I would have thought on RBIs, but still what a year. The LVP, I might have to give it to two people. The LVP, obviously Gary Sanchez is a huge candidate. 186 just absolutely torpedoes your team batting average. But don't overlook uh, Carlos Correa. 
Carlos Correa hit 15 home runs this year and hit 239. That is shocking. How how could a guy that has been as good as Carlos Correa be that poor? It must be an injury. I might blame injury for both of these two, but if those guys perform how they should and how they probably will for the rest of their careers, the Oakland A's probably take a championship home this year. But Gary Sanchez, Carlos Correa, just nothing, nothing in the playoffs for him. And uh, uh, tough, very tough. Um, moving on to our next team. And uh, what are we in the AL West? AL West. We have the Texas Rangers, our former champion, no longer champion. I like that he uh, is no longer our champion. He'd definitely like to remind us. <clears throat> definitely a disappointing year for, for him. Uh, anytime you, you win a championship, if you're not at least in the top four the next year, it's got to be a little bit of a disappointment, I would imagine. He had guys that busted out the year before, like a Conforto and Jay Bruce, those guys, uh, Morales even, that just didn't perform as they did the last year, and that was it. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman came crashing back down to earth. That really, really hurt. Um, in fact, that might be the LVP. Ryan Zimmerman, that was a guy you got for nothing and turned him into a potential MVP candidate from last year. You, he, he had 264, 13 home runs, and was frequently injured. Not a good look. Um, the MVP for him, uh, probably Aaron Hicks, even though the 248 batting average, 27 home runs out of Aaron Hicks, played a, the most of the year. That was nice to see. Perhaps Malik Smith who had 40 stolen bases. I don't know if you guys realize that. Malik Smith, 40 stolen bases. That kept him in weeks for sure. Allowed him to, to sneak into the playoffs there. So uh, you can you can co-MVP that mother there, and uh, that'll be the Texas Rangers. We'll see. We'll see what moves he makes. I think he was a little bit late to the trigger for trades when he really, you know, he probably should. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I get it. But he probably should have realized that this team was not what he had last year in his championship team and made some trades. We'll see if he gets a little bit more trigger happy with his trades this offseason. He's one of the few guys that just really are not difficult to trade with, but he will not make a poor trade. Like, if there's any doubt that it's a poor trade, he won't do it. He has a plan and he sticks to it. So, We'll see. Maybe he's more trigger-happy this year. Okay, the Seattle Mariners, do we care? Honestly, guys, let's just tell it who it is. There's This team is horrendous, and um, there is no MVP at all. Maybe Nick Markakis. We'll, 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 you know what? We'll stick to the script. Nick Markakis, what a year. 297, 14 home runs, 93 RBIs. Was an MVP candidate for two months at the beginning of the year. Like, really, really good year. And um, LVP, you're uh, Kinsler, yeah, probably Kinsler, a guy that you could probably count on for the last 15 years out of your second base spot to not able to do anything even remotely close to being Ian Kinsler. That's not going to do it. Um, the Brooklyn Dodgers, again, do we really care? It's not Ryan's team. It was brutal. There has been some changes already, like Encarnacion is on this team, Upton's on this team, Nemo. I mean, he's done a good job fixing this team up, but this is not the team that anybody really cares about. Sorry. We'll talk about your team in plenty, Ryan. You know I will. Um, I'm already really impressed with the moves you've made, um, minus your two Mets that you you seem to have an affinity for. (laughs) Although one of those Mets did hit 329 last year, Jeff McNeil. So we'll get back to you later. But let's go over our last division here as we are four teams remaining. 
in our LVP and MVP, let's take a look at the San Diego Padres. Who is the MVP of this team? I could tell you the LVP right off the bat. That's Joey Votto. And it's hard to have an LVP when you're a champion, but Joey Votto, 12 home runs. Really, Votto? Where in the world did that come? And you didn't even hit 300. It's not like you sacrificed all this power to hit 330, a la Chipper Jones in uh, his... 2008 season or whatever he hit 364 but Votto at 284 just basic very basic first baseman and a guy that you know you were hoping could come in and be Joey Votto that's all you need to be Joey Votto is Joey Votto or even 85% Joey Votto this is like 50% Joey Votto MVP however probably Chris Davis the power he got from him saved the loss of power that he got from Aaron Judge because Chris Davis hit 48 home runs. He ruined my Joey Gallo most home runs bet. So it's damn Chris Davis. Also, fun fact, Chris Davis has hit 247 for the last four years. I think that's correct. I, I got a text notification or something about that. That's tough to do. Well done. That is MVP level right there. 247 for four straight years and 48 home runs. Very, very nice for him. As we are moving on to our third to last team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Second place. Second place. Annoying team. They really gave me fits in the playoffs. I had to really kind of manipulate my roster, and I I think manipulate's the wrong word. I did everything very legally, but I had to definitely pay attention towards the end to try to get those last save holds and stuff like that because... His team gave me a fight. His MVP for the year, probably Baez, Javier Baez. What a year for Baez. 34 home runs, 290, 21 RBIs. Whenever you're getting these 20, 20, 30, 30 guys, and they haven't done it before, you didn't plan on them doing it, that's MVP level. And plus, you can stick them anywhere you want, so you can mold your team over it. Wow, what a year for Javier Baez. What a nice future for him there in Chicago. I think he's going to be a monster. You could also probably give it to Jesus Aguilar, a guy that was, I picked him up in another league off of waivers and, you know, 274, 35 home runs, just two guys that completely busted out. Um, At LVP, however, you know what? I'm going to give it to Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna was a guy that I, I thought was ticketed to have a uptick in a very already productive 2017 and he failed to crack 30 home runs failed to hit higher than 280 Uh, just kind of a disappointing year for Marcelo Zuna if he gets something from him with those other breakouts to go along with uh, the, the, the very solid team that he has that team probably beats me but luckily that did not happen I was able to squeak by our second to last team is the California Angels third place for them uh I think this is a somewhat of a surprise in a good way for them. I think they're kind of in a rebuild mode slash go for it now type of thing, but not really, but <laughs> that makes any sense. I think a third place is a pretty good finish for them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, did you know that Kiki Hernandez hit 21 home runs this year and had like a top 10 exit velocity? Now, granted, he kind of tricked the system by only really doing his damage off of lefties, but man... That's nice production out of a guy that I'm pretty sure was picked up from the waiver wire at some point. Johan Camargo, another guy that you just probably pick up. Never a prospect. Getting 19 home runs from him. Just that, I mean, that's that's how you boost up and get to the next level. Um, LVP. 
LVP. You know what? Ender Enciarte. As a Braves fan, I love the guy, but he really let you down. Minus that stolen base binge he had at the beginning of the year. 265 average with no power. Not a lot of runs scored. Sat versus lefties towards the end. Stolen bases were nice, but not what you were expecting out of Ender Enciarte. I mean, this is a guy that you could predict like clockwork for two or three years. You know, you got your close to 300. You got a lot of runs. And you got some stolen bases, and you didn't get a few of those things this time around. It's probably somebody who looked the trade, to be honest. But you don't want to sell low, I get it. And our last team, the San Francisco Giants, in true, true rebuild form, doesn't mean we can't look at some MVPs. And it's pretty obvious who the MVP was for him. Max Muncy. That motherfucker, Max Muncy. I hate Max Muncy. I just hate his guts more than almost anybody else right now in Major League Baseball. Uh, So I'm not going to say anything good about him. Fuck that guy. He's a shithead, but he did hit 35 home runs. Whatever. There's your MVP. LVP, um, Steven Souza, man. What a horrendous year for Steven Souza. 220? Really, Steven? Why do these guys just fall off a cliff? I guess it's got to be injuries, but... You know what? The San Francisco Giants have a nice team. Altuve Lindor up the middle is going to be tough with Rendon at third. I mean, I know their pitching's going to be late to the party. But uh, eventually that pitching's going to show up. I mean, Shane Bieber had a nice year. Walker, Jack Flaherty, Honeywell's coming back. Jesus Lazardo's a stud. They're not going to be quite ready yet next year, but again, that's a team I think everybody knows is headed for contention very, very shortly. And a good way to rebuild. Like, don't go half-assed. You know what? I half-assed a rebuild in the other Dynasty League that's structured similar to this where I thought, um, I'm going to get a couple of guys on the cheap. Like, Carlos Gomez was one of those players. Um, Gregory Polanco was one of those players. Guys that are okay that had been coming off of bad years that I gave up a little bit of capital to get, a little bit of prospect capital hoping that they'd bounce back and I could flip them again. That's not the way to do it. You just go all in. You get rid of your old guys. You take the lumps. You don't mind losing every week. And I ended up losing pretty much every week anyway. And it it took me a while. But eventually, you know, I got into the full rebuild mode. And now I'm I'm very happy where I'm at. I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Where, you know, I'm not going to trade even a a B-minus prospect for... 30 year old you know it just doesn't make any sense so Tom's doing it the right way there in San Francisco and I'm excited to see that team when it comes up and it makes me scared because when my team's window closes which I think I have a few more years but like JD's not getting any younger Charlie's not getting any younger my window's gonna close and those guys there's got to be a time where I got to sell them off and it's very difficult very difficult to try to guess when that is but We'll see. Maybe I'll try to rebuild on the fly. That's tough as well. Um, so we, we, we'll see. So there's your MVPs and LVPs. I think I also want to take a little bit of time. We have a bunch of new members in the league. And, you know, there's some things that I think that we need to just touch on. I know we have a couple people that are uh, now a year old into this league that haven't started from this top. And I'm not trying to single anybody out, but, you know, I'm having a conversation with a few of them. Just rules that come up that should be, uh, you know, we assume that everybody knows, but 
to be honest, if you joined any even a little bit later than everybody else, then these rules might get uh, passed by for you, and you might not exactly know what we are. So we're going to take a little bit of a look at the the uh, Constitution, and this this comes up to the July second signing period, which uh, was an issue that came up to me uh, even just today, and it's pretty simple if. We have a, uh, a prospect draft. I believe we're going to probably have it in January or February like we did last year. We do not have that prospect draft during the year. It is something that we do at the beginning of the season, of the after, actually of the calendar year. And everybody that was signed after the draft last year is eligible, okay? That means college players that were taken in the 2018 draft are now eligible to be drafted by us. That means that anybody that was a July 2nd signee is eligible to be drafted by us, but you cannot pick up any of those players yet, okay? And eventually we're going to have to go through The easiest way to find it, to be honest, instead of going through, because I haven't heard of half the July 2nd signings yet, to be honest, I haven't done any research, is that when we do get closer to the draft and, uh, if they're not eligible to be drafted, that's when you're going to be found out. So if you happen to know that you have one of those players, instead of just holding on to them, get rid of them now. It's okay. You're not going to get punished, I don't think. At least I wouldn't want to punish you or anything. It's a weird rule, and it's something that's easy to do in our league. You can accidentally pick up a guy, not look when he got drafted, not remember the exact date. Is it the date when the draft started? Is it the date where the draft ended? Usually those dates don't really matter that much because uh, people either get signed in July or they get drafted in June. Um, so just just keep that in mind. Also, you cannot pick up anybody until the World Series has ended. And you can make trades only if you have paid your league dues for the new year. That includes draft picks as well, obviously. So if you're trying to make a trade, if you're in negotiations, great. You can negotiate all you want. But I and Brett and anybody else that has the power will not push it through until you have paid your league dues. So I think rosters are locked now. I'm, I'm not sure if they are or not. I haven't tried to pick up anybody, but uh, that's kind of the rule just to give us a little bit of a break and people that have uh, you know gone full bore into football season, you can uh, focus on football season because Lord knows <laughs> I need to focus on football as well. Okay. Um, another uh, kind of thing to keep in mind is uh, the DL rule. Um, you cannot have any DL players on the DL. Even if they're still listed as DL, you have to take them off by the end of the World Series, okay? So that's going to make some tough decisions when the World Series ends because if you don't have those DL guys, they're going to just get dropped. So I had Jake Lamb and I have Buster Posey. They still have DL by their name, but they are now in my starting lineup and I had to drop a few players to make uh, to get them to fit. It just keeps the league from I mean there's no punishment if you go over the roster size in the off season. And in the during the season there's a big punishment, right? You're losing your stats for the entire day. So there has to be a, you know this is the warning, you know, if it happens if I see it at any point during the off season, your roster's over the limit. You have 38 people, I'm just going to drop everybody that is over the limit. And I'm gonna, I'll go at least owned. I'll be nice about that. But man, it's just not fair. You can't just hoard guys, you know, in the big leagues. You have a 40 man roster. You can't 
hold 42 players. It's just, you can't do it. So we're trying to emulate here real life. So keep that in mind. Um, you're going to have to make those tough decisions. That's kind of half the fun of a dynasty league. You know, who, who will you cut and, and stuff like that. So, um, also, uh, back to the draft. If anybody does get come over from um, Japan, for instance, Nicholas is the the big example. If he comes over, if somebody comes over from Japan during this time, they are not fair game. They still need to go back into the draft. So if they did not play baseball last year and they come back over, a la Eric Thames, a la Miles uh, Nicholas, if they come back over, they go back in the draft. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Brett, but I'm pretty sure that's how we've said it, and it's how it kind of is worded in the Constitution. To be honest, the Constitution is a little poorly worded, and I think it's because um, I think you copied and pasted that from our other league, and he's not the most articulate guy, but the, the message should be clear. If they were signed after our minor league draft at any point, drafted, signed, whatever, they are only eligible to be drafted in the 2019 draft for us. Okay, so in 2019, we will conduct that draft, and at that point, anybody signed February 2018 or later, we can pick up. Now, great, I have zero draft picks, so I don't really give a shit, to be honest. I'm going to have to see it. Um, in fact, I don't even I mean, I've, I forgot all those players. They come back, though, right? They come back. Um, other than that, I'm kind of looking over the Constitution right now. Um, oh, a friendly reminder that, again, Brett will have to correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, but roster sizes do increase by four every year, okay, so you can keep your draft picks, not have to worry about, uh, you know, I have to draft four players, but I got to drop four players, okay, it's not a big deal, we have 34 roster spots, that will bump up to 38 to make room for your minor leaguers that you draft, however, if you have more than four draft picks, uh, you still have, then you'll have to cut somebody, okay, so you can't just draft six and say, oh yeah, I'm going to get 40 minor leaguers. No, you have to still be under 38. Uh, the limits, again, it's always going to be a point of contention until we find a platform that does it for us. Eventually, maybe they will. 150 innings for pitchers, 250 at-bats for hitters. If they have more than that, they cannot be on your minors. We were pretty nice about it last year. I think eventually we're going to have to just create a punishment for that because it, it happens accidentally. It happens on purpose. How the hell do we know the difference uh, as commissioners um, or as players in the league? It's, it's just, it's hard to do. So it's going to have to be a strict consequence coming up here shortly. Um, those are the big ones to keep in mind. The big differences with the dynasty league and of course a redraft league or a keeper league, those things come into play. Other than that, I think that covers pretty much everything. So, sorry about that. Whenever I get a phone, that's the one part about this app. It does not let me pause and then keep recording. So if I have to take a phone call, basically says, oh, you're done recording, and that's it. So if you figured out how to play this part of it, congratulations, you're pretty smart. Um, what you need to do is basically double tap on the title once it finishes. Anyway, you figured it out, good for you. They said they're gonna fix that in the future. But for now, it's got to do what I got to do. So one downside of the app. Anyway, I was pretty much done anyway. So I, uh, luckily, I got most of it done. <clears throat> With that being said, if you have questions, if you have anything, I'm uh, more than happy to answer concerns you may have. 
Um, always up to hear new ideas to make the league better. My idea was to move the playoffs up a little bit. I think we all kind of agreed with that. So, uh, you know, hopefully if it's a reasonable idea and there's a, you know, comes to a vote and everybody votes for it, we can make it happen. I'm down for making the league better. I don't know how many different ways there are to make the league better. And, um, but it's, it's definitely worth a shot. We have a group, good group of guys. We have an official podcast. I mean, what more could you want in this world? Um, that's going to do it for me. Um, we'll come back in a week or two to maybe do the most valuable pitchers and least valuable pitchers. We'll recap on that. I, I know I looked at some of these stats from some of these players and was uh, very surprised. Um, I, definitely lose track of some other players that are not on my fantasy team or on my Atlanta Braves by the end of the year and it was kind of cool to see that so hopefully you enjoyed it as well we'll do that next time maybe we'll have a special guest on here and there to go over maybe we'll bring Mike on to the podcast and introduce him give him a hot seat and he is pretty active so far so hopefully he can continue that anyway that's gonna do it for me we will see you next week on the hard podcast